0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Politics in Conflict show. Uh, First of all, I want to say thank you for all your comments, and some of you answered the questions that I asked last time. Uh, The whole reason for me asking that question is just for us to engage in some sort of, uh, excuse me, a conversation of sort. And this is why I truly respect and appreciate you all for the civil discourse that you guys displayed on the comments so uh, thank you so much for that it, it means a lot to me so personally and the entire team so uh first of all for those who've been here for the first time, please make sure you subscribe okay and don't forget to join us on Friday for live stream I already posted this for you guys to see what the topic is it should be an interesting topic of course we couldn't do it on this platform and you all know why so anyway. Let's talk about the topic of the day and I will call it the topic of the day. Here is what's interesting. What's interesting is that you know, we don't hear much about it here in the U.S. So, but of course the topic has to do with the Saudi Arabia is considering, uh, accepting the Chinese yuan currency instead of the U.S. dollar. That is a major thing. And, uh, in this video here, I'm going to provide you a, a framework, the political implications to that, the geopolitical and the economic and, of course, the financial. And, and and we just put it in perspective here. It's just for us to sort of look at it from a different perspective altogether. So, Well, it is a major development, shall we say. But remember, this is a consideration because this conversation about the uh, use of the yuan or the acceptance of the yuan for the sale of oil uh, to the Saudis in which China will pay with the yuan has been in a conversation since 2019. Okay, so this is not new, but this is why I see the consideration. But before I delve deeper into that, there are three key points you need to keep in mind as we discuss this. Well, The first one is the U.S. nuclear Uh, I'm I'm sorry, Iran nuclear talks in Vienna. So, of course, U.S. involvement in in accepting the deal, uh, the Saudis are upset about, and they don't like that. So, Second thing has to do with the U.S. reducing its support for Saudi Arabia in its war in Yemen. Saudis do not like that again. Uh, The third one, it has to do with the crown prince in BS, you know, he was hoping for a legal immunity here in the United States regarding the assassination of the Saudi journalist Jamal Khashoggi, and I will get into that. You know, and there is a fourth element, and the four, fourth element has to do with the sanctions on Russia, and I will explain that to you as we move forward. So, so here's the deal: the deal is that. The, and I did the video, you guys saw it yesterday when I posted that for you. That was for a reason why I had to follow up on this. I didn't want to put the two uh, together, rather do them separately. So for you to put things in perspective, and this is why. Now it is important for you to understand why the Saudis are inviting President Xi to come to Saudi Arabia. is to seal the deal because it will be on an official setting. And uh, we'll, we'll discuss this one as we move forward. So, so Saudi Arabia, as I said earlier, reportedly considering accepting the yuan, the Chinese currency, instead of the U.S. dollar for oil sales. Well, Saudis, uh, both of them, the officials in Saudi Arabia and uh, uh, China, have been in talks you know, about pricing uh, some of the oil from Saudi Arabia uh, on on based on yuan, not the dollar or the euro, for that matter, the euros, for that matter. So, basically, uh, if this to move forward, that is a seismic change on the global financial system. And why is that? Some, uh, in case you do not know, why is this important? Because beside the U.S. dollar being the world currency reserve, uh, the the world currency, okay. Which was set up following the Britainwood in after World War II, that was for a reason why the U.S. set up the the system that way. This is where the sanctions comes in because anytime the U.S., which what we are witnessing now with the sanctions on Russia, basically you cripple the country or any country economically. That is, as a matter of fact, the United States yesterday threatened a chi- to impose sanctions on china if china decided to assist russia uh, to circumvent the sanctions you know uh this is what we call the i call them the nuclear economic bomb so but that's not the point the point is we need to understand why this uh, a development like this will be the beginning of the end for the u.s dollar as we know it is a major concern for the americans for the US government for that is because I'm gonna say as I always say I, I, I speak straightforward there's no need to sugarcoat things uh, uh, except we have to be worried about now what's going on with this platform stuff you know uh, so the idea of because if this to happen and the US dollar becomes weaker you know the US could turn to become a poor country quickly why it's because everything is based on a dollar. And if the dollar loses its value, we toast. <laughs> it's not a laughing matter. It's very concerning. So this is where I personally, if I put my geopolitical analyst hat, I would see the first direction for this development has to do with the financial impact on the global market. Because it is a major thing. You know, And this is why... Uh, both Saudi Arabia and China uh, have been discussed this before, as I said uh, started back in two thousand nineteen okay but they stepped up this year and now with Saudi Arabia being a little bit upset about the u s nuclear negotiations with Iran and the lack of backing uh, for the for Saudi Arabia's military operations in Yemen. That is the importance as to why the Saudis end up announcing this particular aspect of it. Well, you take into consideration, because this one has nothing to do just with the financial market, the economy, of course, because global energy, you all know the economy around the world depends on oil. That just common sense, you sense. Know. So when you consider about 80%, of global oil sales are priced in the U.S. dollar. So you can just see where the concern in the United States will be if this to move forward. Because remember how this came to be that the U.S. dollar, this is why you hear the term petrodollar. It goes back to 1970s, of course, after the oil embargo back then. It was a deal between Saudi Arabia and the United States in which the Uh, uh, the dollar, U.S. dollar, will be used for oil trading as part of the security agreement with the United States government. So in in a simple term, or, or differently said, is that we, the United States, will provide Saudi Arabia with security. You know, we kind of protect them in return for them to sell oil Using the U.S. dollar, that was the arrangements and the deal that was made. So the idea of now all of a sudden China and Saudi Arabia uh, uh, kind of talking about this uh, ongoing efforts by Beijing both to make it, its currency tradable, okay, in the international oil market. And who is the top producer of oil in the world? So the Arabia. So you can just see where the Saudis, uh, uh, why the Saudis decided to think about it this now and act upon it, of course, because oil prices plummeted after 2019. So the kind of the talks about this stopped and around, and now they are resumed. That is one of the, the, the idea about why. Uh, uh, Saudi Arabia and China decided to move forward with this. And of course, you don't undermine or underestimate the relationship. Underestimate the relationship between Saudi Arabia and China. As a matter of fact, I detailed. If you get a chance to read my book here about Saudi Arabia, I detailed the section about Saudis. China relations and what it means from all dimensions, military, energy, and technology. So if you get a chance to read it, it's called uh, uh, Beneath the Veil, Fall of the House of Saud. You'll find it very, very interesting. So, but here is the thing. China has previously uh, supported and assisted Saudi Arabia in construction of none other than ballistic missiles and consultations on a nuclear power plants. So the relationship is being cemented there. That That's not in here. So, So the idea of, uh, again, one of the elements as to maybe what prompts Saudi Arabia to go forward with these announcements and developments, because if you take into consideration this development just happened today. As a matter of fact, last night uh, on the 14th, yeah, so which basically today, and uh, uh, the United States made a phone call. President of the United States, President Biden, made a phone call to Saudi Arabia about four days ago, you know, to ask Saudis for, to increase oil. And as I said last time, Saudis didn't even pick up the phone, which is an insult, sh- because usually it used to be the norm if the U.S. president would call, you answer the call. Well, this one didn't even pick up the phone which tells you right there, that's a, that's a subtle message in itself. Yeah. If, even though the uh, uh, the press secretary, uh, James Hockey, is saying, well, no, it didn't happen. Uh, no, it's a lie. It did happen. They didn't pick up the phone, period. So let's not sugarcoat it. They didn't pick up the phone. That's it. They didn't, they didn't want to deal with the Americans. In other words, they almost like they said, who cares about what Americans ask? And this also because the tension that exists between Saudi Arabia and the uh, 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 United States regarding the prince, Mohammed bin Salman. Because remember, 2018, the assassination of the uh, dissident uh, journalist Jamal Khashoggi, who is a Saudi journalist, used to work for the Washington Post. You know That one has been very catastrophic uh, uh, for, for both the crown prince, okay? Especially his public relations uh, uh, and the relations with Washington. So, what made the matter even worse is when President Biden took over. Okay, when he became a president and and made the statement that the kingdom now is a pariah. Uh, that is a strong word in for it. So, this is where that concern is. But, but here is the thing. As I said earlier. You think about it from a financial, economic, which is together, and geopolitical. Given what's going on around the world, especially with the war in Ukraine, the sanctions on Russia's energy market, you know, you look at, for example, Australia. now. Uh, Australia energy prices are no different than here in the United States, no different than in Europe. Prices are going up for energy because if you take the... Uh, uh, the uh, russia's uh, portion in in the global oil market of course supply and demand it's common basic economics so the price is going to go up so in the case of china this is why that's relationship economic one that is getting closer between the two what china consumes about uh, or, or or takes about or imports about 1.76 1.8 million barrels a day from uh, Saudi Arabia. Remember, they are importing oil from other countries as well, so. and this is uh, uh, for now. Saudi is thinking in terms, of, okay, because remember, if they are to switch to the yuan, the currency, it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take time because you have to have the mechanisms and procedures in place for them to do that. But the idea. And the fact that it's been announced that Saudi Arabia plans, while it's planned to maintain the dollars of the majority of the oil trading, a shift by the uh, Saudis could create a domino effect for China's other major oil suppliers, such as Russia, which you can see why, Iran, Angola, Iraq, you name it, because that will be exactly what will happen. There is, as a matter of fact, about 100 countries right, right now around the world. They are thinking about another financial mechanisms that can bypass the SWIFT system. We all saw the sanctions that's been imposed on Russia and how it can impact the economy, and yet as a matter of fact, speaking of Russia, there is a conversation right now as we speak, and I'm going to follow up on it because I'm still waiting to confirm some information. A conversation between India and Russia for them to create some sort of a mechanism, swift of sort, that will be just between the two of them to manage trade, bypassing the U.S. dollar altogether, which is I found very, very interesting. Uh, development and this is why uh, uh, this time around, I I believe, and this is my personal opinion, uh, uh, as one who spent time in Saudi Arabia on behalf of the United States government, so I kind of very familiar with their culture, the language, the makeup of their political structure, and and I wrote the whole book about detailed exactly what's going on with Saudi Arabia. This time around, I believe they're gonna move forward with it because. They have threatened this before in 2019. It was a different time in 2019. The geopolitical landscape in 2019 is different from what it is today. This time around, I believe they're going to move forward with it. And given what's going on with Ukraine, the sanctions imposed on Russia, I think now more, more and more countries are realizing okay, is it time for us to consider an alternative to the SWIFT? And this is exactly what this development or announcement, in my opinion, would suggest. And of course, the idea that uh, uh, this development came on the heels of uh, the United States appealing to the Saudis to pump more oil uh, to offset the soaring gas prices, which we are witnessing here in the United States. I mean, uh, you're talking about people struggling. It is a reality uh, that now we are faced with this kind of dilemma of, you know, do I put gas in my car or do I buy dinner? So that is exactly where the debate right now. And American families, especially living paycheck to paycheck, are like wondering about where this is all going. No, more chaos, more conflict is going towards Ukraine. More money is sent. As a matter of fact, Congress has approved about $13.6 billion to be sent for economic aid to Ukraine. Really? While American families are struggling. This is where the challenge is.
1: There is another element
0: that you need to keep in mind that could be or could play a role into what prompt the Saudis to announce this and consider it moving forward. And this one has to do with the US Treasury imposing a, a sort of a, a block. Uh, on any assets from uh, the Russian Central Bank, uh, including here in the U.S., by the way, including the sovereign uh, fund, so, the sovereign wealth fund. Now, the question becomes is, if the United States is in, has imposed sanctions on the sovereign funds of Russia here in the United States, won't you think that the Saudis will be thinking, what if it will be us? next time could this prompt the saudis to start to think about hey we'll be willing to accept payments in a different currency than the u.s dollar i don't know one thing for a fact because i witnessed it with my own eyes i had a chance a couple years ago way back uh, to go to wall street and i went to the vault yes i was lucky to go to the vault and i saw the gold in the and in, in, underground there And what I saw was the equivalency of about $120 billion worth of gold. And that $120 billion belonged to Saudi Arabia. That was the gold over in uh, in New York at the time. So that made me think, personally, and this is my personal opinion, could be that the Saudis were thinking in terms of, what if, uh, this is always that scenario, as I always say, guys, what if, uh, Saudi's could be thinking the same. What if the U.S. end up putting sanctions on us because we decided to do trade with China or increase our uh, trade volume with with the, with China or Asia for that matter? And that could prompt them to start to think in terms of of uh, 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 thinking of alternative. As a matter of fact, the uh, Aramco, the 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 Saudi state-owned company has finalized now a deal with uh, China as of yesterday. So funny how all this is happening so fast. And usually these things don't happen in a vacuum. There is always the background story for it and the reason for why. Because especially, just FYI guys, uh, when it comes down to geopolitics, nothing happened randomly. There is always a reason behind it. So just as of yesterday, the the deal that was finalized between Aramco and China is to build uh, some sort of a major energy complex in China, uh, and Aramco may, made this final investments decision. So, and it's gonna be developed in. Uh, uh, let me see if I can pronounce this correctly. I'm gonna get it here. It's in. It's gonna be in northeast China with. Uh, it's called uh, uh, Yujin Chemical Industry. Group Corporation, and Penjin, Chincheng Industrial Group Companies. So, so, this is basically where they are thinking in terms of building this kind of uh, 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 refineries that's going to now increase the value uh, uh, for oil production. And Basically, what is a refinery? Just FYI for you to know. A refinery is a facility that usually takes crude oil Okay, and turned it into materials that can be used to create energy. We do have them here, and those were sort of uh, 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 with the assistance of Saudi Arabia, the building of Saudi Arabia. Uh, but the Saudis, uh, in the last 10 years or so, they did not want to upgrade their refineries in Houston. You know, Instead, they decided to go ahead and build brand new ones in in china and that tells you right there where the economic priority is being given moving forward so the way i look at it is just the idea of uh there is a reason to why uh, saudi's decide to do this one so the refinery aspects of it uh, because it's very very crucial you know and why is this matters you may ask yourself well the deal is the latest uh, example of the increase in cooperation between China and Saudi Arabia. The, the two of them, the two states, uh, Saudi Arabia uh, and uh, China, decided to build this $10 billion facility. The agreement, uh, they're, they're going to finalize it soon, but they have talked about it back in 2019. And this is what explains the invitation, the official invitation by the Saudi government. Or the invitation that was extended to President Xi to visit China, which I believe it's going to be happening within next uh, a month or two. It's going to be soon, no, so I'm not going to be surprised. So here's one thing we need to just put it within the context of these uh, uh, geopolitical changes that's taking place uh, on the global stage now. So ties between the ties between Saudi Arabia. And China are getting closer to the point that Saudi Arabia is granting now China the status of its global strategic ally. That is a big deal, you know, and doing so, in doing so, it confirms that Saudi government's thinking that United States leadership is becoming more and more irrelevant. And it comes of course, uh, on the heels of the uh, uh, intense uh, anguish uh, about America's greatness, lack of it or lack of it, the display of global uh, the display on the global stage, the weak economic growth that we're experiencing here, the div- divisive Congress, and the waning US global influence in the world among other issues. So all this, all these dynamics, all these trends prompt Saudi Arabia to see and realize that pivoting and engaging China, for instance, in major energy deals is economically beneficial and the right course of action. And once again, you always consider the other trend that's taking place around the world. You know the uh, the sanctions on Russia's energy sectors. The Europeans' hesitance to support the sanction, full sanctions on Russia's energy, because Europe depends about forty percent, up to forty six percent of its energy needs comes from Russia. Okay, you think of the India market. Mm-hmm. All this prompted the Saudis to think in terms of, okay maybe the the wealth has already shifted to the east maybe we need to move in that direction because we don't want to be left behind that's one and second we're starting to see the trends as to where things are headed especially when it comes down to an alternative to the swift that's personally what i see And, and and the third element to all this one here has to do with Saudis don't have any diversification in, in their economy because ba- basically, if it weren't for oil, we won't be talking about Saudi Arabia. It's a reality. so every everything Saudi has, it's been imported from outside. They can't build anything inside. you know even their security has been uh, trusted to the Americans. so that's just the way it is. So this is where I see this trend moving forward. so personally it's a major development and if this to move forward it's going to now precipitate the, the process towards a finding alternative of course there is the conversation of the cbdc the coin based digital currency you know there are about three countries now engaging with china in this aspect but as i said earlier there are about 100 countries are thinking of a mechanism by which to figure out how are they going to engage in trade while bypassing the U.S dollar? You know The big concern for us, and as an American, you know, I will be very concerned about what this is going to do to the U.S dollar, because literally, which something we don't hear much about here in, 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 in our media and all that, we could become poor overnight, which is very, very problematic. A rich nation like ours, uh, but again, this is where the failed policies are. <laughs> I'm not, uh, I'm very concerned. I'm concerned for, for example, the elderly, you know, the, the people who retired that worked for the last 40, 50 years, worked hard enough to enjoy the golden years. And all of a sudden, there is nothing for them there. I am concerned about the future generation. The young individuals, the, 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 the millennials, the genera- uh, generation Z, That's going to be facing some major hurdles, financially speaking. The amount of stress that's going to be put on them. The quality of life. Mm -hmm. And yet, we are printing so much money, sending $13.6 billion to Ukraine. And will the Ukrainian government even get the money? Once again, don't get me wrong, guys. I'm not this heartless guy. I like to help. I like to assist whenever I can, but I can't live beyond my means. You know, it's a reality. Politicians spend money because it's not theirs. And this is what we intend to address on Friday. And I'm not gonna hold back because it's a different platform altogether. So I hope you can join us for for that conversation because uh, it will be worth your time. And this is when I'm seeing those trends moving. Once again, you bypass the Swift, that's gonna weaken the dollar big time. We could become poor overnight. And there are those who are saying, oh no, the dollar is so strong. Well, yeah, it is for now. But the amount of printing we have done, it's just beyond control. You know, the Federal Reserves is just kind of whatever. And you can't be printing money out of thin air. Somebody will have to pay for that. Is it fair for us to live the next generations and mount them with debt? It's not right, it's not fair. And all this stems from failed policies. If we have politicians who truly care for the interest of the American people, who truly care for the elderly person that is standing in his or her kitchen, you know, holding medicine in one bottle and opening the fridge with the other. There is no dinner inside the fridge. And there is no medication in the bottle. And what the. What the. uh, What the elderly needs to do. He or she. Only have one option. Either to buy dinner. Or to buy medication. He or she cannot do both. You know as an American. We shouldn't be in this position. But also we can't be just squandering our wealth. All of whatever. And third element is. We have enough energy here. Why aren't we using ours? You know, of course, we've heard about this renewable energy and so forth, but this is not going to happen overnight. Okay? So so here is my question to you before I leave you with it. because I always like to read your answers, guys. Here's the question. With 53% increase in global energy consumption by 2030, which is only eight years, seven years from now, with 53% increase in global energy consumption by 2030 and 70% of of, of coming growth in demand will be from developing countries. Will nuclear power be the alternative to replace oil? I repeat the question for you guys quickly here. With 53% increase in global energy consumption by 2030, and 70% of the coming growth in demand of energy will be from developing countries. Will nuclear power be the alternative that will replace oil? I want to say thank you to all for your support. I want to say thank you to all for your civil discourse. I read your comments, guys. I truly appreciate you and respect you for that because that's what the civil discourse is all about. You know, let, no need for this name, callings, no need for that nonsense stuff. Let's be civil. And I admire our viewers. I admire you for this, guys. So please keep it up as well. And I can't say thank you enough for your support on behalf of the entire geopolitics and conflict team. Once again, stay as always guys stay informed till next time see you guys